in the past five to ten minutes, you've been on Reddit, YouTube, and Google, wasting your time, just like I do. Then, you stumbled across my podcast, which also does waste your time as we go through rabbit holes on Reddit, trying not to get killed, investigating conspiracy theories, wondering what the hell is nephology, and so many more things. This podcast is called In the Clouds, the podcast of everything. Series premieres this summer on anywhere you can play a podcast. Do you know of a little known unsolved case and you want it to be featured on Crumbs? If so, the case that you send could be featured on my podcast. You can let me know what the case is by messaging me on Facebook under Crumbs Investigative Podcast. Once again, send us a case to Crumbs Investigative Podcast. Welcome to the beginning of the season of Crumbs. I am your host, Matt, and today's episode, we're going to dive into the octopus mystery. Hopefully, you guys' week has been going good, and the weekend, hopefully, it's going to get better. You've been staying warm, hopefully, feeling like spring, but regardless, thank you guys for tuning into this episode means a lot, and I appreciate your effort and your support. Now, we do have a Facebook page, and if you haven't followed us on Facebook yet, go and do so. We are under Crumb's Investigative Podcast. And what I post on that page is anything from podcast updates to episode releases, episode teases, and new shows, and much more. So if you want to stay in the loop with this podcast, just in case if you miss an episode or want to stay updated, go follow that Facebook page right now. Once again, Crumbs Investigative Podcast. And speaking of missing an episode, if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, do that right now, or right after you get done following us on Facebook. And subscribe and get those notifications because that helps us out. You guys are also the algorithm for this podcast. And don't forget to share each and every episode and make your family listen to these episodes, your friends listen to these episodes, your teachers, your principals. I don't care where or who you share it with as long as you share these episodes. Because we move up with the ranks and we get more people, more listeners. And I appreciate every single one of you once again. So, before we get into this episode, lastly, I want to start out with this is not an episode where we get to learn about octopus. This is a nature documentary, as much as I would love to make a nature documentary podcast. 
but this is not that type of podcast. This is about American freelance writer Danny Kisselaro and how he was working on the install case and many more government cover-up stories like Iron Contra and October Surprise. He can also be in the same category as American journalist Gary Webb, who also died after exposing the CIA and their coke smuggling trades. But we will be talking more about Gary Webb in a different show This within this upcoming year. With that out of the way, let's formally get into this episode. In normal unsolved homicides, I typically discuss anything before the life of the victim, like if they were abused as a child, if they were bullied, how good their relationships were, and those 10 yards. But I felt like that this case needs to focus on not his childhood because I'm going to assume he had kind of a good childhood, but I can't say that because I couldn't find anything. But I just wanted to focus on his work and that work that led to his death and why this case is still unsolved. Danny had always been interested in writing. He even did some investigative journalism and published pieces like how China smuggled opium into the United States. At the time of his death, he had published one novel. In the 1970s, he lost interest in journalism but then picked it up in 1990 where he picked up one of his first major cases prior to his death. This case is known as the insult case. And this is where we get a glimpse of the octopus. At the time, Insult's founder, William A. Hamilton, helped work for the DOJ, or the Department of Justice, and helped develop Promise, or Prosecutor's Management Information System. Before Promise, law enforcement and the courts couldn't keep organized, and this was pretty much the main purpose of Promise, and it was designed to organize this paperwork that the courts and law created. However, when Hamilton left the Department of Justice, he accused the United States government of stealing promise and distributing his software that he created illegally. I did the best that I could with this type of research with promise. I don't know if promise still exists or if promise was just given up and sold to other companies or corporations. The closest thing that I could find was for it being a medical software type of thing, but I couldn't find any more on where Promise went after this whole entire deal. The Department of Justice denied any such claims that Hamilton stated, yet despite them 
trying to say Hamilton was lying, they lost the case in 1980 for trickery, fraud, and deceit. However, the Department of Justice became a huge baby and appealed that decision, which they did win. And so since they did win their appeal, they begin to do some fishy stuff. With every scandal, such as insult, there's a conspiracy always attached to it. Insult is no different. Though some details about this conspiracy are solely based on speculation, the octopus was something that held the truth about Insaw. Promise and the Department of Justice began to be the center of one of the most damning conspiracies that Danny could ever write about. Not long after the tense standoff between Hamilton and the government, the Department of Justice was being accused of using promise as by technology. They hired somebody or somebody was already working for them to rewire this software. And this software, according to the conspiracy, had a back door that allowed the Department of Justice to spy on anyone who bought a copy of Promise. And the person who helped reprogram Promise was a guy named Michael, a huge key figure in the install case. He also helped the government lose the case. If you ask anybody who truly knew Michael, he was described as a scientist that was on meth. He was crackhead in short. He had all these crazy ideas and whole ten yards. And even though at the time this whole spy conspiracy you know was around, we gotta remember it's not uncommon nowadays the government to be spying on anyone. But imagine before Edward Snowden, this whole spy case, this whole spy conspiracy, the juiciness of this detail and all these details about this case and this conspiracy was major. It was like Watergate major. But this wasn't the blow that would be the bombshell. The bombshell was ticking around President Reagan and the hostages in Iran. Before we continue with this episode, I want to tell you about a $5 deal. That's not the best part about this deal, by the way. This deal benefits you as a listener. All you have to do is become an exclusive subscriber for this podcast. And you can help this podcast grow, like, majorly, like this conspiracy. But this podcast isn't a conspiracy. Because with the $5, 
You can get merchandise, even a birthday gift box. And I have the possibility of bringing this podcast on tour to the front row of your seat or, you know, your dinner date's chair, however you want to put it. But all you have to do is just become that exclusive subscriber and everything happens. Go to redcircle.com and find my podcast, Crumb's Investigative Podcast, and make sure that you become an exclusive subscriber. Now back to the episode. As I stated, this whole insult case was already a ticking time bomb. Bill Hamilton was told by Michael that he and Errol Bryan, which was a director of Hadron Inc., had paid $40 million just to keep the American hostages in Iran. The $40 million was given to the Iranian officials. And this was because people could see Ronald becoming president. And this would be Ronald's very first term in 1980. And when this all came out, this is still known as it was back then as the October Surprise. In exchange for helping Ronald's administration, Brian was allowed to make a profit off a promise. Now it's not just the Department of Justice that's doing some shady stuff. It's the guy that created at the time the American dream. He was literally one of the most beloved presidents and still is to the state. Yet this whole conspiracy should have prevented him from doing anything farther in his presidency, but it didn't. And, you know, it's just what it is. Though this episode isn't about a government scandal, I needed to state the importance of this scandal to understand the work that could have ultimately killed Danny Casalaro. And now hopefully you understand why this is beginning to be an unsolved case. Yet, Danny necessarily wasn't done with this whole scandal because Time Magazine did assign him to an article or to a subject related to a saw case in October Surprise, but they rejected it. And this is where he was going to meet with a government official named the Octopus. And to this date, the Octopus is still unknown. We don't know who that Octopus was, if it was part of the government, if it was just some hitman, we don't know. But in his final days, it appears that Danny was in a financial bind. 
according to his friend Ben Mason. Then the day after meeting his friend, he had helped packing. He told his neighbor that he was going out of town for a few days or so to meet with a source that promised him to give him missing information. Now it's not confirmed, but this source once again could be the octopus, and this is what the person was going by. While Danny was away, his neighbor received a few threatening calls, and I couldn't find anything more on these calls either, so I can't say if they were related to Danny or not. But eventually, Danny never did return and was found dead. But there's more because it seemed like he was still on a case that he was trying to solve. And he met with some people. One of them was a Honeywell engineer named William Richard Turner. Turner met with Castellaro and gave him some documents before leaving. Then he went to a cocktail lounge and was witnessed meeting someone who looked Arab or Iranian. And then back at his hotel room, he met with a guy named Mike Looney, who, in, who pretty much was right next to him. They chatted and told Looney that his source was to be there by 9 p.m. Danny and the source did not meet, though, and Danny did appear frustrated because, as he told Looney, his source blew him off. At 10 p.m., Danny was last seen at a coffee shop. On August 10th of 1991, Danny was found dead with multiple slices to his wrist. According to multiple sources, including investigators and the coroner, his death appeared to be a suicide as a note was found and it indicated that it was a suicide note. The autopsy came to the conclusion that it was suicide due to blood loss. Yet, in later investigations, the FBI admitted that they misled Congress about investigating Danny's death. And if you want to look more into those files, you can. Um, they should be on the FBI website still, but keep in mind that the FBI website only released just a handful of unclassified documents, so whatever is not there is still classified. With the FBI admitting to this, it makes you wonder, what more can the government hide? How many more people can the government kill? This case doesn't end here though, because it wasn't just an install case that Daniel was working on. It wasn't just about how a president, who wasn't really president at the time, Danny was involved with a different scandal that involved former President Jimmy Carter and the BCCI. And yes, both of those cases you won't find 
in any textbook. Danny exposed the government for what they constantly do and they consistently do. They betray themselves as such helping hands that behind the curtain, their helping hand is a doorway, an entrance into your life, into your friend's life, into your school's life, your neighborhood's, your community's life. And Danny is one of those cases that proves that government will do anything to evade privacy, to spy on whoever they want to spy on. And that is a wrap for this episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. And as a general reminder, once again, follow Crom's Investigative Podcast on Facebook. And subscribe and notify to this series. Hopefully you guys have a great day and a great weekend. And hopefully you start wearing that green for State Patty's Day. Next week, we go to Oakland, California for the Ketty Cabin Murders.